everyone, it's the Lollygagging Podcast with Rick and Dave. And now here are your hosts, Rick and Dave. So I was saying they're pretty and I look great, but I haven't had anything since, so I'm going to try and do something else. And then he just stopped. Hey, hey Rick, how's it going? Hi Dave. Are we, are we on? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Well, the hey. red light's flashing. Oh, okay. Well, then I think uh, I think your toast is done. Well, it, it says on air. Oh, okay, good. You've got one of those air fryers. That's, yeah. that's great. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, they're good, for, they're good for chips as well. Well, we call them fries out here. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, it's been a long time. Just life has taken over. I, I, I moved cross-country, got a new job where I'm working full-time. Some weird worldwide incident kind of changed everything, and I think we're still uh, going through that. And, uh, yeah, life you has mean been... mean that whole thing that happened after they invaded Roswell? Is... Oh, shh. Coincidence? I think not. Mm, yeah, no, no, that's definitely not a conspiracy theory. Anyway, so so since since the last time I talked to you, we have I have moved from uh, East Coast America to West Coast America. Got mm. a job working with a an endangered language. It's a dream come true. Uh, bought a house. My partner has moved out here. We inherited a really bad lawn and yard, so we are uh, spending a lot of time digging and clipping and killing weeds and things. Doing a lot of hiking because it's a nice nice way to stay away from people and get exercise. And uh, just uh, just been kind of busy and have not done much with other languages lately. But I'm I'm starting to ramp up. What about you? What what have you been up to? I have not moved. I've stayed in the same place. I'm still paying for the same house, and I'm not digging up my garden. Oh, okay. Uh, Although what I did, I did consider getting a backhoe and like digging up the garden and putting 50 gallon drums and things in there and like putting mattresses outside with blood stains on. Well, you know, red food coloring stains and things just to see if the neighbors say, oh, he was a really lovely man. (laughs) (laughs) He was the quiet type. (laughs) Yeah, he was very quiet. Kept to himself. (laughs) He's like a regular guy. Okay. That's not morbid or anything. It sounds like fun for Halloween, but any other time of the year, maybe, uh, maybe not. <laughs> oh, well, you know, Halloween's coming. It's coming. <laughs> really? You got to get prepared. I mean, you know, the whole backhoe and that's going to cost me a fortune. Anyway, we did. I was looking at the podcast website and somebody had made a comment about oh, yeah. my Italian listening reading thing. And I had put in the comments that I would give you an update to the podcast listeners. Well, I did. I did a uh, the polygot gathering this year was online as you may or may not know i know you know dave but others may not and um i did a speech about it a presentation about the results and the results for me were nothing uh didn't help at all so not not a bit uh that'll be published later so everybody could watch it but generally the summary was for an intermediate level learner listening and reading probably you know it doesn't have as much effect as it does for beginners, basically. It will have a more effect, but you need to put more time in. So, you know, they a beginner does 30 or 40 hours. An intermediate person would have to do 250 sort of thing. Anyway, <laughs> so there you go. Update for you. I've got a question regarding that. You say it's better for beginner than for people of your ilk. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm curious, do you think it is beneficial over just kind of the slow and steady i know i know that we tend to you know want to learn a language fast there are all these you know learn learn this language in four days and you know have a have a basic conversation in 90 minutes you know and these, these are all great especially when you're when you do need the language in a hurry but do you do you find that these uh, accelerated techniques are are worthwhile or do you think that they are maybe not as full of quality as a standard kind of like go at a slower pace i know gareth hopkins yeah i'm in the same country so i could hunt his ass down uh, yeah 
mentioned becoming fluent in four decades or something like that. And he, he does talk about the long haul and really taking your time to learn the language. What do you, what do you think? Do you think that, that some of these newer and modern techniques are worth their weight? I think Gareth has underestimated the amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, well, the listening reading thing, as I was saying to people on the, on the presentation, I think it's worthwhile, certainly for a beginner, um, because you get you get a lot of vocabulary and you get a lot of listening comprehension and audio and all that sort of stuff. So it, it is really good. And it's a good, you know, Kickstarter. But the reason I'm saying it isn't very good for intermediate users, it's sorry, it's good for intermediate users. It would be great for intermediate users, but you're going to have to invest a lot more time than a beginner is. So this really, this listening reading thing isn't really a gimmick or a learn to speak in an hour or whatever type thing. All it really is, is a way of forcing you to listen and read to a a, a language at the same time. So it's basically sort of dropping you in the deep end of immersion, as it were. For, for listening comprehension and things. But with, with just about everything with languages, if you're an intermediate user or learner, it's going to take you longer. It's just, it's that whole, you know, the long, slow grind to get to the intermediate, past the intermediate stage and into advance. And, and, and where are you with French right now? Well, <laughs> I, I circled back and revisited French um, during, during this whole lockdown thing. I've been having steadily having conversations. I've never, ever stopped having a weekly conversation language exchange with French people, basically, other than, you know, when when we couldn't schedule something or whatever. So on the odd week or so, it would drop out. But generally, I've never stopped speaking French at least once a week. So that's just carried on. I've got a few books. I've signed up for this super challenge thing in French. So I've I've been steadily reading books. I think the only thing I've really changed is I've gone to using Anki flash decks more. Um, Before I was using like a pre-made French deck, you know, uh, where it's like 10,000 sentences in French and blah, blah, blah. And I wasn't getting a lot of value out of that. So what I've done is I've deleted it and started my own French deck. And what I've done is I've gone back through all of the, and this took a while, by the way, I went back through all of the Skype conversations that I've had with my French language partners and where they've corrected me and typed in words that I didn't know or whatever in the in the chat section. I've copied those out and I've put them in as flashcards because I figure if I needed them, then I'll need them again at some point in the future because I was talking to them and I was describing something to them. Um, you know, something had happened to me or why were you learning French or, you know, they answered the questions that they'd asked me. And I figured, well, that's going to come up again. So the best thing I could do is personalize my flashcard deck rather than trying to use, you know, these sort of vocabulary first, most common thousand words or whatever. And that that's really worked out quite well, actually, because what I've discovered is, I mean, I've only been doing that for probably two months. But what I've discovered is, well, I did it for French and Italian. But is when I when I go back to having a conversation with somebody in French again, these words keep popping up. So they're pretty com- common in my conversations, but they're probably not common in the most common words. Do you understand what I'm saying? So yeah. basically, I'm talking about French films that I've watched and I'm talking and he shot this person or this person was shot at or he killed the assassin or blah, 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 because I'm describing the film to them. And so assassin probably isn't the most common word, in, you know, but it is pretty common for the conversation I have because the lady I speak with, we talk about French 
police dramas quite a bit. <laughs> but, but, but I suppose the advice I'm giving people is that, you know, you're unique and you're going to have a conversation. So when you typically when you have these language exchanges, let's say you have two language exchanges, right, in French and you have one with some fella from Paris and one from some fella in Lyon. You're going to have the same conversation because they're going to ask you how many kids you have, how long you've been married, why are you learning French, da 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 da. So the conversations are going to be the same. And then what did you do this week? Oh, well, this week I went and did blah, 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 or I saw this film or I did that. But I'll watch different films from you and I will have done different things than you. So I'm not going to need to know words for trees in Oregon or whatever, <laughs> or California or wherever it is. But I might need to tell people that I've just cut down a cherry tree in the back garden because it was too big or overgrown or whatever. So... But that's very personal to me. Most people are not going to need to know the word for cherry tree in French. Do you see what I mean? So yeah. my recommendation would be these sort of pre-built, pre-made decks, once you get past the first sort of 1,000, 2,000 most common words, you know, a, than, the, who, which, what, how type things, then you need to start personalizing your vocabulary because you, you, you're going to need to start describing your life and not everybody else's. Oh, definitely, yeah. Well, that's good. And you're doing this on a regular basis, you said at least once a week? Yeah, so I've been, I've been having language exchanges as a, for a long, long time. So I went back to all of the language exchanges I had, and I generated from that probably four or 5,000 cards where they had put down, you know, the corrections for me for the sentence. I almost fell and lost my, you know, I almost fell down or whatever. You know, I lost my equilibrium or whatever. You know, that that sort of thing. Anyway, so I went back probably two or three years worth of language exchanges in French. Uh, not just with that one person, but I've had language exchanges with lots of people. So I've uh, mined those conversations. And, and generally, when you have these sort of language exchange conversations, the I mean, I try to do it for the, my partner in English. I, I try and type out, uh, you know, if they've forgotten a word. And, they're, and they're, you know, they're saying, oh, the, the, I was on a, in the country and they have a, oh, you mean a farm? Yeah, farm. Ooh, all right. So I type in the word farm, you know, for them. And so they've got a record of it that they could go back and use later. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't know, I was just thinking that you, you seem to be the king of language exchanges. So I'm kind of curious if, uh, well, first of all, like what your what your goal is until, say, next uh, summer with all of this and, and, and you know, whatever languages you want to focus on, French or otherwise. Yeah. And then if you are going to uh, present uh, anytime in the next uh, year, if travel allows, will, th will this be something you might present at the next gathering? Uh, well, that's, it's, it's like a 10 minute conversation and most people could work it out. So I probably wouldn't do that unless it was part of a bigger scheme of, you know, what, what do I do or what methods do I use or whatever. But, uh, you know, possibly stranger things have happened. <laughs> I might. But yeah, I mean, basically at the moment I'm, I'm focusing on French, Italian and Chinese. Mandarin Chinese, that is. So for Mandarin, I'm basically doing a half an hour every day making sure I do at least 30 minutes every single day. And that seems to be helping. The consistency of it seems to help a lot. And for that, I'm using flashcards. And I found a really interesting program, which was, I'll send you for the show notes, called Gradient, I think it's called. But anyway, it, it lets you take files of, uh, say, an English phrase and then the Chinese phrase, and then it will generate a sort of a Pimsleur-esque type recording for you so it uses um the same space repetition algorithm that they use for pimsleur which was recently sort of 
um, came out of patent or whatever. So anyway, so they, they use that and basically it will use the text to speech engines to generate uh, like the English prompts and the Mandarin or Mandarin and English prompts if you wanted. So anyway, it'll generate all of that into a set of uh, like 30 minute long MP3s. So that that's very useful. So I've loaded that on my phone. And uh, when I can't do anything else, you know, if, if I'm just walking around, then I'll put that in and get my 30 minutes that way. And I've probably got 600 hours of those. I've had so much. That, that sounds really cool. I, I'm actually curious to check that out. Yeah, send that my way. I'll put that in the show notes and uh, yeah, I'll give that a shot because I, I as you as you might know, I, I love Pimsleur. Yeah. You know, and they they I, I love the Pimsleur method. You know, I, I swear by them because those get me speaking really fast. Yeah. But they are a bit pricey. Yeah. Uh, it seems it seems that other places have started coming out with similar uh, methods that are along the same lines. So I it works for me. I like it. I just want to spend the money. So I'm kind of curious to see what this uh, looks like. Well, the thing is, you got to be a bit. Uh, the only the only snag is, it generates the same sort of interval training as Pimsleur, but Pimsleur. Are, are an educational company and they vetted the sentences if you see what i mean so it's he went to the store she went to the store they went to the store we're all going to the store you know what i mean it's a progressive thing uh-huh. so when you get your source material you're gonna have to make that progression yourself so i mean but you can do it i mean i lucked out because i found a resource that was um public domain that basically allowed me to that had that already done so that work was already done for me but yeah just a word of warning but if you're going to use it it is a really good uh system i had a few problems with it but the guy who the developer is a professor up in cambridge university and uh yeah i went onto his github page and you know said oh this isn't working but he fixed it within like 15 minutes and sent me an email back so yeah a good response rate from the from the developer so yeah it's it's really quite good and a lot of people have started using it based on my recommendation, you know, because they didn't realize that it existed either. So anyway, that's that's pretty much that's me. <laughs> cool. Excellent. Yeah, I've, I've been I've been in a different world. Like I said, for the past uh, nine months now, I've been uh, just cranking along out here in, in uh, Oregon. And, and here's the thing is that I when I moved out here in October, I had very few language resources because I, I came in a small vehicle and then movers came out in uh, early May and they uh, brought a small portion of my language library that I have stored back in storage. And so I, I vowed that I would just have a few books shipped and then I would get through them in the next few years. I'm actually only expected to be here for a couple of years unless our grant renews. And I said, you know, during that time, I'm going to go through this this selection of resources, go through them, use them and get rid of them because I don't want to move again with all these books. And there are some, some, some language books that I have that you just need to go through them and then you're done. So I am currently... Uh, I'm still doing some Spanish, uh, some German, and some French whenever I can. I've got a couple parallel texts that I'm reading through uh, just to kind of keep my my basic skills up. But I have a number of Indonesian language books or language uh, teaching books, textbooks, and you know how to learn Indonesian. Same with uh, Portuguese. And for some reason, I brought out some Burmese. And so I'll be I'll be I'm doing Indonesian right now. And once I get through a couple resources, I'll move on to Portuguese and then. Maybe Burmese, because I think uh, a trip to Myanmar might be in my near future. So why not? Yeah. 
But what I'm finding with Indonesian that's really great is, first of all, I can't speak universally, but for me and for a native English speaker, it seems that Indonesian is a very easy language to, to learn. There's, uh, there's not as much grammar. The language is pretty phonetic. And uh, vocabulary, a lot of context determines what one word means. So you can use it as a verb or a noun or any number of things based on where it falls in the sentence. So I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm picking it up quickly. And I'm finding that I have a number of physical and digital resources that I, I've acquired over time. And what I'm doing is I'm going through, say, chapter one for every resource. And I may not learn all the vocabulary from one chapter or another chapter, but I find that there's a lot of overlap. And so I'll go through chapter one of, you know, say colloquial Indonesian. And sometimes I don't need to know the word for bank manager or office or things like that. But I'll, I'll take the vocabulary that I need. Yeah. I'll look at a chapter one in another resource, find some overlapping vocabulary, find some new vocabulary that is useful. Yeah. And just kind of go through in in not really a, a very intense way. I, just, I go through kind of passively. I cherry pick the things that are easy to comprehend, the things that will let me do basic sentence construction fairly easily and quickly. Yeah. And uh, it's great. I, I also have a Pimsleur lesson that you know has gotten me speaking 16 chapters worth of vocabulary. Everything else I pick up, I kind of plug and play. So I can exchange one noun for another or a verb or a subject or an object. And it's fun because it gets me able to make a lot of very basic, complete sentences right away. Yeah. What I'll do is I'll keep going through the chapters. I may backtrack. I may add another resource. But I'm finding that just learning you know, vocabulary and context and certain grammar constructions, sometimes one resource may not really do a great job of explaining it or they'll only kind of mention part of it, but then the gaps get filled in by other resources. So I'm just kind of spreading myself thin for now, and then I'll come back and kind of fill in the gaps later on. But it really gets me speaking and understanding and uh, building vocabulary and grammar in, in a very palatable way. And I'm really enjoying it rather than just having one resource and going through and feeling like I have to complete every lesson and understand every word before going on to the next. So, sorry, you, you list a whole bunch of languages and then resources and then said you're going through each one chapter by chapter. But yeah, you're, you're only doing Indonesian for multiple resources, right? You're not doing like a chapter of French, a chapter of German, a chapter of Indonesian. No, no, for the for right. for, for German and French and Spanish, especially right now with Spanish and German, I've got books that I've had for a while and I've just said, you know what, I'm going to read these, I'm going to read them out loud. You know, at least the the foreign language part, if it's a parallel text. And if if I have issues with comprehension, I'll either look up the word, or if it's parallel text, I I go paragraph by paragraph and just make sure that I understand, you know, what that paragraph said, and you know, make sure that the vocabulary I think I understand is stuff I really do understand. And if not, then I make, you know, I make flashcards to reinforce what I didn't know. Um, so the German and Spanish, that's more intermediate. Uh, I'm just going through that. French and Italian will follow suit the same way. But for things like, yeah, Indonesian, Brazilian, Portuguese, and so on, those ones are ones where I need a, a better foundation. And so right now with the, with the the new languages, Indonesian is the only one. And once I get through a bunch of those resources and feel like I've got a really good grasp on it, then I will move on to Portuguese and so on. So so I've got my core languages that I kind of, you know, come back to all the time. But then I've got some new languages where I just I just want to learn them, you know, finally learn them, use these resources and then get rid of them. So 
Uh, if I can bring a big enough suitcase and the 2021 polyglot gathering is still happening in person, I'm going to be bringing a good chunk of resources to drop off at the uh, language book exchange. Yeah, I should probably do the same. All the unused books that I have but never look at. All the French grammar books that I've never, ever <laughs> opened. <laughs> Well, are, are those things that you think you'll come to eventually, or is are they things that are just kind of beyond what you want to learn? Uh, they're just sort of collecting dust at the moment. I, I, to be fair, I do, I do have a, I have, I have been looking at some Italian grammar books, but not a book, a book, but not really seriously. Well, I don't particularly like grammar, so I think I had that rant once before. So I'm not going to go into that, but yeah, so. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably a good idea to go through all of these um, all of these course books, maybe. You know, I, I will say this. Um, one thing that really kind of has inspired me to start learning more through the resources is having to move this stuff. Because, you know, you have these, t- these I love books, and I have tons of books. And some books I just want with me all my, all my life. They, they are part of my essential library, whether I use them or not. They kind of, you know, identify me. Yeah. And then other books are just like, why am I lugging this thing around the world? I mean, I've had this in two other cities. I've not used it yet. And so I vowed with this time, I've got a, a big stack of things that I just I just do not want to move again. And a lot of them are language resources. And I, you know, and they, they don't have value for me other than kind of, you know, defining me as a language guy. But they're really starting to become a hindrance. I think I reached that point of saturation where it's like I love having all these resources to look at on a bookshelf. But the reality is they're not doing me any good. Yeah. And it, and having that as a wake up call really has has kind of motiv- motivated me to to start using them or losing them. So uh, I, I recommend if you if you don't have anything going on in the next week or two, you should move into a brand new place across country. Well, I don't need to do that. My wife's already told me to empty the bookshelf, so <laughs> I'm already doing a culling. All right. Well, save me some Indonesian books if you have any. Yeah, I don't have any of that. Okay. How about, how about, how about Brazilian Portuguese? Nope. <laughs> Mongolian? Mongolian is actually on my list. No, no. Okay. Well, French, though. Some Italian. <laughs> Eh, maybe, maybe some parallel text. If you have any of those, bring those uh, at the next gathering. Yeah, I got a couple of them. <laughs> and and again, Gareth Popkins, uh, he mentioned, uh, or he he did some interviews and something just went live this weekend, or or he posted something this weekend uh, talking about the virtual polyglot gathering. And you attended. What what did you think of it? Yeah, I thought it was very well organized. I thought they did a very good job. You know, considering the very short time scale they had to sort of organize this thing. And there was loads of people who were new who could make it because obviously it was it was online so they didn't have to travel and so they could make it and they 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 came and they watched and things. I did think it was quite ironic that the whole point of the polyglot gathering in the first place was to get people who only spoke to each other online together in person and then they basically just got a bunch of people and sent them all off online so <laughs> everything came full circle yeah pretty much yeah that's a good point although i know that since uh, since i'd been attending the gathering i have uh t- had talks with people who like still couldn't attend and uh you know they couldn't attend the gatherings or the polyglot conferences mm-hmm. or the or lang fests and so uh, this was this was the perfect time for them to be able to become involved. So hopefully, hopefully they did. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree that it was a great thing, and there was loads more people who could attend basically because it was online. But I think part of the, I mean, my reason for going is to actually meet people in person who I've spoken to, and so 
you know, it wasn't it wasn't so great for me. But that's that's because I'm going to this thing to meet people. I'm not, you know, con- language exchanges online. I do them all the time. <laughs> anyway, so uh, but it, it was good. I enjoyed all of the um, I mean, they had a lot of of speakers considering the the short time scale that they had in order to organize all of this. And a lot of the speeches were very, very good. And I think some people had to change their presentations from their initial their initial bid uh, to make it online applicable, you know, because there was a lot of people that had uh, designed workshops and things, which obviously couldn't go ahead because, you know, there's no you couldn't do the audience participation piece. But I think they did a very good job of, of getting everybody together and everything done. I, they, kudos to the organizer. I know they called they sent me a time. They called me up. They checked all my equipment, tested everything, ran me through everything before I did the presentation. Then they logged me into the room a couple like 10 minutes early, double checked all my equipment again <laughs> to make sure I wasn't uh, screwing it all up. And then the they had two people. So they had the moderator who was the technical person do making sure all the audio levels and everything was right. And then they had somebody else who was basically monitoring the questions that people were putting forward. And then they would post the questions to me, the speaker, and, and then they would show on screen. And I'd read them out and answer as best I could. So I think the the organization of it and the software they use was really, really stupendous. It was it was a very, very good online conference. I, I agree. I, I really, uh, really liked their functionality. I don't know what kind of software program they were using, but it worked really well. You know, I was nine hours behind, so some talks I had to like stay up till one o'clock, or I think I think for years I had to get up at seven in the morning. Yeah. To- to hear you, or maybe it was 11 at night or one at night or something. Yeah, I mean, the time difference was a little bit of a bummer, but I loved that you could go back and watch things for a length of time. It was it was great. All, all the talks went very smoothly. There were very few technical glitches from what I could tell. And it was, it was great to see familiar faces from a distance, even though I couldn't interact with them face-to-face or go out uh, drinking with any of them, including the uh, notorious Chris Broholm. Never, <laughs> never go out drinking never, with Never, never go drinking with Chris Broholm. <laughs> Not if you want to live. No, no. <laughs> or, or at least have a functioning brain the following day. Anyway. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Although I must say this was one of the very first presentations I ever gave where I was not drunk or hungover. So it was all right. Wow. <laughs> You're really branching out. I'm I'm so proud. <laughs> uh, well, this, this just means that in 2021, if it's going on, we, we have to drink twice as much to catch up. Well, it was mostly like the food and stuff. I, like, the <laughs> and things, you know, and the, um, the, the sort of. You know, the, where they do the um, bring food from your country or whatever. Oh, the yeah. culinary. Uh, culinary fact. thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, where you brought potato chips and I brought a McDonald's. Yeah. Our cultural um, <laughs> heritage, as it were. Classy guys. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else had halluski and God knows what else. Anyway, um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it next time. Hopefully it'll all be live and online. Uh, well, they, they were talking about. I don't know if the organizers are going to do it, but there were suggestions that they did a, a mixed gathering so that so that they basically did the on in on in person one if they could, but have the same online presence at the same time. I don't know. I, I'd really be curious to see what they could do that would accommodate both a large in-person audience and then, you know, tons of people streaming from a distance. Yeah. But anyway, that was the suggestion. But I don't know if the organizers are going to be able to do that. Seems a difficult bit too difficult. I would think, yeah, but I, I, and I'm and I'm really hoping that next year it is in person. But uh, basically, Dave, we haven't helped anybody uh, with any insight or tips <laughs> for learning languages. 
Well, I do, I've, frankly, I've, I've kind of dropped off the map. I haven't uh, done that much. And I'm slowly ramping up and I'm, I'm trying to uh, maintain my core or kind of get that back and just, you know, do the, the figs, as you call it, French, Italian, Spanish and German. Oh, yeah, that's Fisca. But then also focusing on one language at a time until I get a really good foundation. And so that is, I mean, that's really kind of new for me because I'm so used to learning little bits and pieces of everything. So I would say my tip is focus on one thing and get rid of all your resources. Use them up finally. Yeah, good idea. Don't be, as Ellen Joven calls it, a polyglutton. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you were saying about the, all of these resources, and I, and I initially thought you were talking about, you know, I did a chapter of French and a chapter of German and whatever, and I was thinking, you're like that guy on the motorway who, who like, uses three lanes. It's like, you know, in three <laughs> lanes, pick one. <laughs> so I'm glad to see that you've picked one. Thank you. I mean, I still, again, I still have the the core ones that I'm kind of, you know, coming back to, but those, those are already established. This is more for maintaining rather than learning and, you know, spending a lot of time making vocabulary cards and, and all that. It's really just to kind of keep it fresh in my head. Uh, but yeah, I want, I want to get through all my Indonesian and then all my Brazilian Portuguese. And that, that may be months from now at this point, um, maybe even next year. But yeah, it, it is fun to just focus on one thing. Although I, I should follow your lead and start doing some language exchanges. So I can actually practice speaking. That is always my uh, my weak spot. I'm just more of a cerebral read it and talk to myself and scare the neighbors kind of a person. I got to say, though, one of the things that has helped me this year has been this focus on doing at least 30 minutes every single day. Mm-hmm. So I've dived for since the first of January, I've done Mandarin every single day for at least 30 minutes. And I, I've seen quite a bit of progress. I mean, I'm obviously not fluent and it's a bloody difficult language to learn. But, you know, I, I'm listening to intermediate Chinese sort of podcasts and things, and, and I'm getting some of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I understand the words, and it's like, wow, this is cool. I understand that character, and I, I know what this person's talking about. So, yeah, I mean, a 30-minute commitment a day for your Indonesian thing, I think would work out for you. But you have to do it every single day. before you go. Before, so before I go to sleep, sometimes I've, I've gone into bed and thought, oh, crap, I, I've done my I'm done my Mandarin today and I have to spend 30 minutes like doing it, you know, so I don't break my streak. Well, I'll, I'll do about maybe about 15 minutes a day during my lunch break on the, on the weekdays. I don't, I don't necessarily do it on the weekends as much, but uh, I will, I will see about ramping up. I'll see if I can start getting up to 30 minutes a day at some point. It is, it does work. And then doing it in the morning is usually easier to be honest. And if you have the sort of Pimsleur-esque type thing, uh, it makes life much easier because you can do it when you're commuting or when you're walking around, you know, or doing something where you, you know, you can listen. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, you, you know, that that really does help knock out the 30 minutes. So I'll send you that gradient program so you can have a go at that for Indonesian if you can find some resources. OK, yeah, well, I will check that out. I'm, I'm trying to think of what other resources I can offer your way. But I think I think you're the tech guy around here. So I will I will steal your ideas. How would, how would you say 30 minutes a day in Mandarin? I have no freaking idea. Because <laughs> <laughs> some of the things that have come up recently has been because I almost sort of think I should know how to say that because um, things that come up are like it's it's now three o'clock. You know, I, I can't remember exactly what it is, but Yao Chu San Dian anyway whatever so i can sort of occasionally tell you what time it is as long as it's three o'clock and um <laughs> or 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 five thirty but anyway half an hour is is, is um band, bandian band, band i think is half anyway 
So I, I, I really should know how to say that, but I but you caught me off the cuff and I can't do it. Why do you ask me these questions, really? What what time is it? How do you say what time is it in Indonesian? Uh, Jambarapa. <laughs> yeah, right. You're making that up. <laughs> and, then, and then the answer would be like jam uh, sembilan. Yeah, so it's nine o'clock. Oh, be- interestingly enough, you know that gradient program I was telling you about? I did do a uh, uh, Pimsleur-esque sort of thing for uh, Setswana because uh, I used the Peace Corps uh, sounds and stuff. Oh, the audio. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Yeah. So I got the audio and all that. So I didn't need the well, because the problem that you have with the speech to text stuff for this this program is you need to have speech to text for that language, which mm. for a fig, you know, French or English or whatever, that's no problem. But Swetswana. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so for that, I needed the actual audio, which which I used the um, Peace Corps stuff for. But anyway, there you go. I should put a link to that somewhere if anybody was interested, because it is public domain. Uh, this program is public domain as well. So it's not like so if anybody's learning in Setswan, I'll leave it in the comments and I'll send I'll put a link. Excellent. Well, yeah, yeah. Send, send me whatever you got and I'll add it to the show notes. And uh, hopefully that will help our listener. OK, well, <laughs> we don't really have a listener. We're just talking to ourselves. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> never stopped us before. So exactly. So. I don't even you. I can just talk to myself. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've babbled long enough, but uh, let's, right. let's do this again soon. And um, we'll talk in Indonesian and Mandarin. OK, cool. Uh, good. All right. Well, good catching up with you. All right. Just hear me. All right. Good right. night. And uh, all right. We'll talk to everyone soon. Adios. Ciao. Ciao. It still says you're recording. Yeah, I am. I'm going to stop. You've just subjected yourself to the Lollygagging Podcast with Rick Dearman and Dave Prine. If you enjoyed any or all or none of this podcast, please show some love. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave a comment. Share with a friend. Send us a nasty email. Download the podcast for later. Tell people you dated us in high school and regret breaking up with us. Don't sue us. And if nothing else, enjoy learning languages. I'm in the same country, so I could hunt his ass down. (laughs) 